breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel and on the free Keel app, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning as we head into the weekend. Meteorologist with the Weather Channel, Richard Lowelling, joining us. Richard, good morning. I got so excited yesterday. We actually had a blue sky and some sunshine for a brief bit. That's gone. Mm-hmm. More in more rain uh, today and tonight looks like when 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 is this moving out? It looks like we're finally going to see an end to the rain come up tomorrow morning, and uh, we are going to start to dry things out. We are going to watch a wave of low pressure develop down toward the Gulf Coast, especially uh, south and east of New Orleans, and that's going to move up into Alabama and Georgia, move on up into the Ohio Valley later in the weekend, and that's going to take the bulk of the rain with it. And we're going to start to see high pressure start to build in, so some drier times ahead coming as we move into the second half of the weekend and early next week and some beautiful weather coming up next week in fact a pretty quiet close to the month of january uh with some milder temperatures on the forecast and abundant sunshine especially for the first half of next week rainfall totals for this week have you gotten an updated um some numbers yeah for the week we've picked up 6.85 inches of rain here in shreveport and for the month of january uh, we're at 9.79, which is 6.21 above the average for uh, the month of January. For the winter as a whole, we picked up over 11 inches of rain so far. That goes all the way back to December 1st because you basically base everything from the beginning of December through the end of February for meteorological uh, winter. So that's what we're basically basing that on right now. And that's about uh, two and a half. Uh, closing in on three inches above average for the winter so far. Believe it or not, uh, Shreveport is at the top of the pack in regards to cities that have seen rain so far, you know, the last month or so. I was looking over the monthly totals, you know, with that 9.79 inches of rain. Uh, we're at the top of the list. Houston, Alexandria, Lafayette, Lake Charles, Texarkana, Tyler, all of those cities have lesser rains than what we have picked up here in Shreveport in just the last uh, uh, 26 days or so. So, you know, we are well on our way to above average rainfall for the month. But I think we're going to finally start to drive things out for a change as we close out the month and move into the first days of February next week. Richard, let me ask you this. A friend of mine got, uh, uh, I've heard of two incidents. One's a friend of mine who's a tree tumped over, tumps a word, I'm sure, uh, tumped over and smashed her car. Another a tree tumped over and hit a house because the ground is so saturated. How long is it going to take before mm-hmm. that kind of dries out and we kind of avoid those uh, the tree tumping problems? You know, I think that may be something that we may have to deal with for a while. You know, we're going to look at dry weather pretty much most of next week. In fact, it's looking like uh, we have pushed out the rain from once we get past uh, tomorrow afternoon. It looks like we're going to go all the way through at least next Friday without seeing the mention of any rain in the forecast. But then we have another big event coming as we move toward next weekend. It looks like a good chance of rain back in the forecast starting Friday night, lasting through Saturday and into Sunday next weekend. And we see another inch of rain coming with that next 
uh, system coming in. And it looks kind of wet beyond that, even out toward the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, as we're going to look at more rain in the forecast. Could add up to another couple of inches of rain. So, uh. you know, even though we're going to have a dry period coming up next week, there are already signs that we're seeing that we're more wet weathers on the way as we start to tap uh, southwesterly winds. And that's going to bring that Gulf moisture back to the north again and just start to, to push us right back into the rain shower activity again once we get out towards September 2nd and 3rd. Okay, Richard, I'm, I'm going way out into left field here, so so bear with me, okay? We joke here about uh, a, a, a big device out at Barksdale Air Force Base that they can control and, and divert storms. We call it the Barksdale bubble. And if you look <laughs> at radar, sometimes during storms, uh, a, a huge storm will come from the southwest and then split around Shreveport <laughs> and then pull back together up north. But there is something called cloud seeding, isn't there? Yes. And, and, what? And so what is people can that they can actually make it rain? Is this legitimate? There was some experiments that were done in the 1940s and 50s with cloud seeding that was done uh, by the U.S. Air Force. And they did. They seeded clouds to try to make rainfall occur. And uh, this was there was a lot of experiments that happened with that. There were it was a mixed result type deal in regards to cloud seeding. The thing that we're looking at, you know, when you look at radar and you're watching the radar and you see these storms come in and it looks like, oh, we're going to get rain here any minute. And then they just start to fall apart mm -hmm. as they start to approach the urban heat island. And that's kind of Shreveport is kind of one of these areas, too. You know, we see that in a lot of major metro areas where we have, you know, builds up a buildup of concrete and steel and, you know, industrial type areas where storms will approach they'll start to fall apart as they start to feel some of the effects of the urban heat island effect. And that happens, you know, I mean, Shreveport's not alone with that. Atlanta has the same type of situation where you'll watch storms try to develop off to the west. They try to come in. They mm -hmm. fall apart as they start to roll into the warm air because the air is just a little bit warmer than what it is out in, the, out in the country a little bit. So, you know, we do see that in a lot of areas. And, you know, where, where urban buildup is occurring, we are seeing how man is basically kind of dictating what type of weather, how much rain we get. And it can either go in the opposite direction, too, because it can also produce even more precipitation depending on the exact type of event we're dealing with. Let's look at our two Mardi Gras big dates. February 3rd, it sounded like you were talking rain. And February, yeah. and February 10th, uh, is it going to be clearing up for that? Uh, February 3rd, it looks like pretty, pretty uh, good chance, huh? Pretty good chance of rain right now. It looks like uh, we're going to call for chance of showers. Rainfall amounts right now up about uh, three-quarters of an inch of rain on February 3rd. That's what uh, the uh, model is spinning out for us now. But, of course, we got a week to kind of adjust that a little bit. So, you know, we'll look at next week. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, it looks like it's, it's looking wet again as we move on out further out into the long range, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, both next couple of weekends, we're going to be looking at the risk of rain showers in the forecast. Richard, in the last uh, 30 seconds or so, we, we're still dealing with, even though the sun's come up, uh, uh, some pretty thick fog right now. When can uh, drivers expect that to burn away this morning? Well, that's another problem that we've been dealing with. The ground is so saturated, so that, you know we're dealing with a lot of low-level moisture. Fog is going to definitely be a factor for at least another couple of hours. 
I think by noon today, most of all the fog problems are going to be gone, uh, but there is going to be some lowered visibility, and that could persist on through the next couple of hours, uh, definitely causing some travel slowdowns out there. Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel. Thank you for your time this morning. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Mm. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Coming up at uh, after the news, bottom of the hour, Christy Gustafson with the uh, Community Foundation will join us, Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Now breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike M. McCarty. Big plans this weekend? Um, not really. I I I, I thought about doing a poker tournament, but it's in Lake Charles. I think that's so funny. And I, I just think that's hilarious. I don't know that I want to go to Lake Charles. It's a good three and a half hour drive, and um, you know, not Lake Charles has some great places, but um. I, Not my favorite drive. Yeah, one uh, highway you can't seventy. Get yeah, there from here. It's a yeah. yeah. It's, it's a miserable drive. I and mean, I like driving through the Kasachi National Forest. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So I usually would take that route. But so I don't know. I'm probably gonna just just chill. I want to watch the football games. I'm excited about that. I'm hoping for Detroit, but I think San Francisco is gonna crush them. I'm sorry, Greg Adams. I apologize. I just hate that Kansas City got through again. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and it, I'm really disappointed because I really used to like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I know. I, but I don't, any, I, I haven't played poker since college. Really? We, oh my gosh, our apartment was the, I, we, our apartment at back in the day when I, I was at LSUS mm-hmm. was the clubhouse, okay, at Normandy Village. Oh, cool. Okay. The uh, a friend of mine owned owned that was the you know they owned sure. that so our front our front door was a glass door like a storefront you know because it was so we had big curtains in front and you you step out of the front door onto a step and then two more steps and you're in the pool wow wow nice now, now you got you know three college guys living in this. <laughs> That can be dangerous Living on large, the weekends. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Abs- well, you need to come. Horseshoe does but every we year. Had, we had poker games yeah. that went all, you know. They do a, a media, a celebrity poker tournament. And it's not for money. It's for your charity, whatever your favorite charity is. And I believe the last one they did, I think I'm the defending champ. I, the, the, I beat uh, Michael Sean Powell, Roy's kids. In the final, it was he and I in the final, and I and he's a poker player, but I was able to to um, to beat him. And I, I haven't played in so long. You Aaron. need to come. I, you I need to come have, to that if Horseshoe does you, it again. Yeah. Do they have a go fish tournament? <laughs> 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 Looks like Lenny's going fishing. <laughs> you know they play. Um, what is it when you put up one card? What is it when you battle? What's it called? Oh yeah, war. War. They have war at casinos <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> You can sit that's like, down that's my kind of game. and you can play war against the dealer. That's you put up a bet. Right. If you win, you win. If the dealer wins, per they hand t- or is yes, it? Yes, okay. per oh, hand. Oh, wow. They win, they take your chip. I do like, I do like uh, blackjack. 
Oh, I love blackjack. That's too. the only game that you feel like you have any control over. Mm -hmm. And there might actually be strategy and skill involved. I, when I was at uh, in Durant for the poker tournament a few weeks ago, I was playing blackjack when it wasn't tournament time. And in, in at the Oklahoma casinos, which if you our casinos are going to beat them on this, every bet in Durant you have to put up fifty cents that goes straight to the Indians. There's a fifty cent. Like a fee, that, yeah, a surcharge. There's a, there's a fee per hand that goes to the Indian tribe. And so every hand is 50 cents. It doesn't go to the dealers. It just goes to the tribe. So it's a tax. It's an Indian tax. And uh, the drinks aren't free. You can't take it back? No, you can't take it. They take it before they give you your cards. But I got dusted is at it, Blackjack. In, does that make you an Indian giver? Oh, I get it. Uh, you're so smart. <laughs> yeah, am I, though? <laughs> Christy oh. Gustafson with the uh, Shreveport Community Foundation you're joining gonna, us. You're going to get canceled. Watch out. Right. <laughs> oh, that's my goal. Please. <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. You know, we talked yesterday about the LSU women's basketball game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I actually want to watch. You know, I, I do enjoy. Uh, I, I've never been a big basketball fan. Uh, only back in the 80s during the Lakers Celtics era. Mm -hmm. You know, I did enjoy that. Um, but I, I do enjoy like last night and, and Aaron, I forgot it was on. Oh, no. <laughs> A friend of mine oh, I was no. texting with, he goes, yeah, if LSU doesn't give me a heart attack. I went, oh, crap. <laughs> Got to watch the game. LSU, so I turned it on like midway through the third quarter. LSU was beating them the whole way. The whole way. We mm -hmm. were holding our own. We were leading by over 11 points. 11-point lead at one point. Um, it was an amazing game. Kim Mulkey had her jacket game on point. <laughs> She's I mean, hilarious. it was fabulous. Um, but then Angel Reese fouled out with four minutes to go, and it was downhill from there. Who and is that Elvira woman on the <laughs> sidelines? Have you seen her? I don't know. I didn't see her. Last night she had on like these tight. She's. I, I had to look it up. She's from Shreveport. Is she really? She's like director of player experience or something. Really? Yeah. Black. She had these black leather pants and a white. Um, fur coat, long black hair. She's from Shreveport. She's from, she's from Shre If I got the right one. Oh, cool. Well, you got to share I was that. Wondering if she's a coach or what? I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. It was a fun game to watch. Sorry that LSU lost in the end. South Carolina's got an amazing team. Uh, Christy Gustafson with the uh, Shreveport Community Foundation joining us just after the break. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keyer. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Director of uh, Treeport Community Foundation, Christy Gustafson. What's your official title? <laughs> Uh, whatever you want it to be, but CEO of Community Foundation of North Louisiana. Welcome head, head this cheese. morning. Head cheese. Yeah. Christy. Yeah, the, I like head cheese. You got um, an early childhood education initiative that you guys have been working on, and we have to put up local money to get state dollars matched. We're now yeah. up against the clock. 
to get some of the state funding. Tell us how we're doing, where we are on that timeline. Sure. So, um, I mean, there's no amount that we have to raise, but um, being greedy for North Louisiana, of course, I want us to get as much of the matches as we can. So um, in past years, the first year that we did this, we put up a million dollars. Community Foundation raised a million dollars philanthropically and got a million dollar match from the state. And then last year, the city uh, was able to put up uh, 2.8 million, or um, and then ended up almost getting three million in there. So we got a three million dollar match from the state. Well, what the money is used for is to provide scholarships for low-income families to send kids ages zero to three to preschool, which is an outstanding return on investment. So our deadline is uh, January 30th, which I really think they ought to give us till the 31st, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) until January 30th. And I'd like to get us back up to the $3 million mark um, like we were last year. The city was um, generous, gave 660,000 this year. And we've raised, um, I think Community Foundation has raised, um, I don't know, between probably seven and 900,000 um, so far. So <clears throat> we're about halfway there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with just a few days ticking, I want that state money for Caddo Paris. Could the Caddo Commission chip in too, or have they? They have not chipped in and they are welcome to chip in if they would like to. Um, in fact, I made a call yesterday and I'm, I'm going to see a few folks next week. But, um, you know, mostly I've been trying to do this um, with, uh, philanthropic donors because um, that has been such a success for us in the past. But, you know, we're going to be in the future looking for more permanent funding for this. Um, but this is what we're doing this year just to make sure we get all these kids um, into preschool. And, you know, and the average cost of preschool is about $8,000 a year, which is really unaffordable for a lot of our families in poverty. Christy, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about that because the data now shows if we can reach these children at their youngest ages and and try to get them in school, in programs that can get them on the right path, then we're not paying for them on the other end when they go do bad things. The That's the right. data is incredibly overwhelming. It is. So there have been a bunch of national studies, and we're actually sort of contributing with our own data, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But there have been a ton of national studies that basically say, Aaron, if a kid isn't kindergarten ready, they're way more likely to not be on third grade reading level. They're way more likely to not be able on fourth grade math level, more likely to drop out of high school more likely to get involved in juvenile crime. And then, you know, the more likely you are to get involved in juvenile crime, the more likely you are to get involved in um, adult crimes. Interesting how that starts all the way back pre-kindergarten, isn't it? Well, I think, I mean, you can think about it like this. If if you're a kid and and you go to school and you don't ever feel caught up, can you imagine how feeling sort of disenchanted from a system from the very beginning would be really difficult? And then, you know, throw in all these external factors that kids in poverty deal with, um, you know, at home, in their neighborhoods. They may not have safe places. Um, you know, it, it, it's a really tough thing to come back from if you're not ready by five years old, which, you know, is a scary prospect. Wow. But the awesome thing about it is it's totally solvable. 
Um, if we get more kids in school, they'll do better on the kindergarten readiness exam. And we have two years of data ourselves. We hired an external evaluator um, that show that our kids that are going um, to preschool that are getting scholarship in are doing way better than their peers that don't go to school on the kindergarten readiness exam. Wow. Um, and we have that data up on our website uh, for this year and last year, cfnla.org slash ECE. But we know there's national studies that show this, and now we're tracking our own kids locally. And we got two years of data that says, this works. Preschool works. Christy, let and, me ask you a question about that, because sure. there are going to be some people that are going to say, well, we've got all these federal programs that, for Head Start. There's yeah. a big difference. Head Start's not this young, right? No, Head, Head Start will take children this young, and Head Start's a great program. The only problem is with Head Start is there's not enough of it. We, don't, we can't meet even okay. a, a quarter of the need of the preschoolers in Shreveport with the Head Start dollars we get. So Head Start's awesome. Glad we have it. Hope the feds keep giving us that money, but it's just not, it's just not big enough. And how many programs do we have for these kids, the zero to three preschool? Are they, yeah. are, do we have a lot of programs that have popped up as a result of this funding? Well, thank goodness the state started thinking about this years ago. And I really credit um, the past two um, superintendents of education for the state because they've really, uh, they they have set the system up in a way that makes it work. So before we even started this in 2018, there were 55 type three childcare centers. And what a type three childcare center is, it's a center that is a preschool, but it will take uh, state funding for um, low income kids to go there. And the great thing about it is, while they're privately run preschools, mm -hmm. they are graded by the state relative to their quality, and they also adhere to state curriculum standards. Oh, so we've got a standard form of measurement to see how well these are doing, but they're all privately run. So as a parent, you know, it's an awesome thing because you get to say, I'm going to select the preschool that works the best for me. You know, cool. Very cool. So it's so interesting to me that it starts at such an early age that you can track uh, that it, it, it affects teenagers and, and later. Mm -hmm. uh, Christy yeah. Gustafson with the Community Foundation, if somebody wants to donate, wants to help make a difference, what do they need to do? How do they get in touch with you? They can either go to cfnla.org slash ECE or call my office 318-221-0582. And what I'll say to you is this. I really got to write, I'm really trying to raise a million dollars by next week. And if you feel like $10 isn't a lot, it is every little $10 helps. So if you've got $10 to help a kid go to preschool, uh, we'd love to have it. Great program. Thanks, Christy. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Y'all are awesome. Mm -hmm. Have a great Appreciate weekend. You. Mike and McCarty, 1017. Thank, thank you, dear. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I love I love hearing from our listeners on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Because I asked Richard Llewellyn about, um, I, I, I didn't want to ask him, is the Barksdale bubble real? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what, what the, what, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. 
But I did, I, I have read about um, municipalities doing something called cloud seeding. What? Where yes. they, they it, it's, it, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't tell you exactly what it is, but they, they, they do, um, like, like back in the 40s, they were seeding with dry ice. Now it's something else. And, uh, and to make and it rain? Trying to make it rain, which is different, obviously, from, from the, the purpose of the Barksdale bubble, which is we're trying to break it away, and which is totally plausible. If you, th- if you think the military doesn't have um, technology that we don't know about, right? which, look... I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want them. I want our U.S. military yeah. to have the best of everything. Absolutely. And, and so uh, we, we joke for years about the Barksdale bubble. I, I, there is a, a, a friend of mine who has told me I worked on it. No way. It's real. I have gone out to the... Uh, I've, and worked on the bubble. Yeah. He's well, where's the bubble been all week? Is it like in Grand Cayman? <laughs> I just laugh. I'm it's in Bermuda? It's on vacation? Right. Where's the bubble been all week? Or, or the, the personnel that runs it, are, are they've been redeployed or something. Yeah, where are they? They need to come back and get to work. But, okay, been- oh, but when you go, look, these, these, the, the B-52s, this aircraft has been around, Aaron. My gosh, there's no other aircraft that has has performed and and still active like the B fifty two. So true. So, so the true. Air Force has billions invested mm-hmm. in these aircraft. Why not protect them? Is there technology to help protect them? Use it, yeah. You know. So we have a bubble. <laughs> I'm Do you believe saying, in the bubble? We have a bubble. Am I saying we have a bubble? <laughs> but I'm not saying we don't. But there's evidence, really, of cloud seeding. That's a true story. That's true. Yeah, that's actually... And and it was like Richard told us earlier that uh, they did try that back in the like the 40s and 50s. But there's also there they've also been trying it again recently with with newer technology. Even mm, wow, so very nice. interesting. And and you know when when condi- obviously helping with food production. Mm-hmm. You know when when in drought conditions farmers yeah. lose their crops, corn and wheat things like that. If if we could if we could help eliminate that. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Heavy, heavy fog for the next few hours. It is really, really causing problems for motorists. Some parts they were telling me uh, 50 yards was all you could see in front of you. So, And it's still. Yes. Because it, of the moisture on the ground right now, it is so heavy that uh, it's still causing fog. Richard said it would be uh, probably around noon before mm-hmm. it, it really started burning away. Right, absolutely. Did it, you get it, as excited as I did yesterday when the clouds broke away and you could see blue sky? I took a picture of the sun and said, <laughs> exactly. hello, old friend. Where have you been? <laughs> and, and actual sunshine. Oh, it was yeah. so nice. I hope it'll be back tomorrow and for Sunday. It looks like it will, but we're going to have rain this afternoon and evening and then it'll burn off and maybe some sunshine tomorrow. I'm hopeful. Very hopeful. 
Coming up uh, after the news top of the hour, uh, Shreveport City Councilman Gary Brooks going to join us in studio. We'll catch up on some things like this open container ordinance, the water and sewer issues, uh, a whole lot of stuff coming up. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with us, uh, Shreveport Council Member Gary Brooks joining us. Gary, good morning. Thanks for making the drive here out to East Texas. <laughs> good morning, guys. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us this morning. You're you represent um, downtown Shreveport, and I've been intrigued to watch the uh, debate over the open container ordinance for the Red River District. Um, was this your doing? Did you bring it up? Was it Alan Jackson? Was it a combination? How did that start where we want to have open containers in the Red River District? It was primarily mine. Uh, Councilwoman Bowman and I spoke about it. And then I asked Councilman Jackson if he would also co-sponsor. Mm-hmm. And he was 100% yes. Why did you propose it? Did, was, did someone ask you to do this? Um, what was the motivation? No, there is, there is no motivation. I don't know any. There are some tenants that are looking at it. I don't have any. There's not any one person that's going there. This that, is not an inside track to help somebody, no, a friend coming in with a new business. Here's, here's the deal, Mike and Aaron. That district has been basically empty for seven to ten years. Too long. For a long time, just one or two tenants. Mm-hmm. Chase Boyd and Fatty Arbuckles. And people, other people have come and gone. Chase has managed to survive the storm. I don't know if this is going to work, but I know we can't just keep doing nothing. So, so the mayor had some issues with the current ordinance as it was proposed, and, and he, had, he addressed those. Why were those um, not considered, and, and it was, his veto was overridden? You're referring to his veto. That's mm-hmm. correct. And he had specific, he, he, he told us he wasn't opposed to an you know, open container ordinance in the district, but there were some certain issues that he did have some well, problem the with. the attorney in Mayor Arsenault looked at the map that, by the way, was drawn up by the city attorney's office and said, technically, you can drink on the surface of the bridge. It didn't specify it had to be under the bridge, which is obviously where the Red River District is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't really, I don't think that's a real reason he vetoed it, but I guess legally he's right. He had concerns Uh, too, Gary, about the enforcement. And I've spoken to Chief Smith about that, who has the same concerns. And you guys sit there every meeting and talk about, we're going to, we want to do everything to stop crime, everything to stop crime, everything to stop crime. But you pass an open container ordinance that some would say might increase crime. Increased crime in what way? That they have an open container? Um, more people could leave there drunk. People that drink outdoors and get into fights. You know what I mean? Alcohol does breed crime. We all, we, we, we can look at the stats. Do you go downtown at night? I do not. The open, open container is not being enforced now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's walking around downtown 
with beers. Not just in the entertainment district. No, this has nothing to do with the entertainment district. Okay. This has been ongoing. Right. We have a manpower issue with SPD. Mm-hmm. My thoughts were maybe we can confine this to this area, which is easily gated at each end. In a perfect world, Mike and Aaron, there would be enough businesses down there to hire off-duty policemen or their own security guards to make sure you don't leave that district Mm -hmm. with an open container. Mm -hmm. We will probably end up passing an amendment that specifies you can't take your open container onto the surface of the bridge. Right. I don't want to do it before Valentine's Day because I think a bunch of people get married up there. Mm -hmm. About I'm being funny right now. And they're probably (laughs) going to need a drink. (laughs) I know I would need But you don't have the cup ready. You got to have a cup. We got to get a cup ready quickly for Valentine's Day. Who's going to, are you doing an RFP for the cup? Who's doing that? That would be between, there's only two businesses down there that this affects right now. Chase at Fatty Arbuckles and Cassandra's on the river, on the red, just moved into Proud Mary's. Mm -hmm. So we'll need to coordinate with them. No, the city will not be paying for these cups. You're not involved we'll, in the cups. We'll okay. just be approving the cups okay. with the chief of police, with the police department. I All made right. the suggestion the other day, they need to be paper, like an icy cup, so people can't keep it and use it over and over and over. You know what I mean? But if you can't leave the district with the cup... Well, I put it right. in my purse and I go home and then I come back and I pour my tequila out of my purse. You follow me? Well, people will do anything they can to avoid the rules and save money. Okay. Just FYI. Gary, uh, let me ask you, you mentioned that the district has been, you know, too empty for too long. Yes. What do you think? Why, why is, is the rent too high? Is there a a perception of crime there? Is the, you know, is it not, why can we not get and keep tenants because i look back on what we've had uh nikki's was down there the macarthur's chop house there was a comedy club there was i mean it was at one point there was a lot of promise the why Daiquiri can't shop. we keep yes. why can't we keep tenants i don't know the answer to that except this mike it was originally built and owned by el dorado casino at some point they donated it to the city and just to speak very frankly the city is not a good landlord we should not be in the landlord business. We spar I don't makes, argue with you. Yeah. Spar maintains that property the best they can. Spar, Shelly Regal at Spar has so much property and so many parks to maintain. Oh, she's got a huge place. This is something, sure. in my opinion, we really should outsource this like we just did Millennium Studios. We, we should lease the entire district to somebody that understands a Beale Street or a Bourbon Street and let them... We may not make as much money, but I go back to we're not reinventing. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Look at who's doing it well. What are they doing? Let's model our program after that. Or maybe let's get the city out of it and lease the entire area to an entrepreneur. Mm. Can you stay with us? I want to talk about the water and sewer rate increases. Sure. The proposed bond issue that may be on the April ballot. we got a lot to discuss. Gary Brooks, uh, Shreveport City Councilman in studio. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. Big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. 
In studio with Shreveport City Council member Gary Brooks joining us, represents downtown Shreveport. Gary, uh, the water and sewer rate increases that the mayor has proposed, he dropped from 20% down to 10%, but it still was not put on the most recent council agenda. Why, why did it not? Well, there's actually a little confusion over that. Uh, the city attorney's office is looking into it. It might still be on the agenda. Councilman Green motioned to leave those off, the, the water and sewage rates off the agenda because he has some concerns about the um, people that cannot afford the increase. So he wanted some uh, further research into how are these people that are on a, on a fixed income, a limited budget, going to be able to afford this increase. But we still think it might be on the agenda? It, I think it might be. Because he didn't remove them or he didn't, well, he didn't what do you call it, in Globo? I don't know if you watched the meeting. I did. There was quite a bit of discussion. And then Manushka in the city attorney's office, I'm not really good at all the parliamentary yeah. thing, but it's, I, I had a meeting with the mayor, uh, it's today, Friday, Wednesday, yep. and, and it's possible that it's still on the agenda. Okay. But you, the issue with being able to afford it, if we don't get these infrastructure situations solved, it's going to end up costing a lot more in the long run to all citizens, yes. including the low income. We cannot keep kicking this can down the road. Absolutely. We're not in compliance with our bond rating. For, for the That's right. Water. Do you support and, a water and sewer increase? <laughs> I, hate, I hate to say it, but yes. Because, because if, we, if, we, if we don't, our bond rating could suffer, and that'll cost us millions. It'll cost 10% will turn into 20 or 30 or 40%. Mm-hmm. Do, now, do, I do have some concerns about the water being diverted from Cross Lake. I think we need to get capture that money. Um, but that's not enough. That's for fracking. Right. And that number will go up and down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Like, Mark, like the city attorney said, if the lake is low... We can't take any of that water for fracking and sell it. So we can't count on that to stabilize our income from water and sewage. That's what we need the 10% for. Let's talk about the bond issue that the mayor is proposing. Um, it possibly would be on the April ballot. What's the t- price tag that you think the council's ready to bite off on this? I mean, how high you think you guys will go? I personally wanted it to be... 200 million or less. Mm-hmm. It came in at 256. But the bond committee worked very, very diligently on this. Um, my two appointments, I believe they attended every meeting. I attended three or four of them. You start looking at all these projects and it's hard to say, well, let's take this out of your district, mm-hmm. but Mike's district still gets this. It a little of it's political, but a lot of they're all all of these projects are needed. The question is, can we afford them all? Mm-hmm. And then you have to prioritize. Yes, which which that's where you start getting people getting offended. Well, wait a minute, why is that more important than this? Yeah, I understand. How are you going to handle things differently? And I, I hate this is the elephant in the room, but we all know what happened with Night Street. We passed it in 2011. It was a bond issue, the same type of thing. How are we going to do things differently so that we better track these projects and we're not 
13 years down the road before we ever shovel any dirt on a project. Not only 13 years down the road, Aaron, where inflation has doubled the price. Right. Yes. Right. Here, I am not supporting the bond issue unless we have a project manager. I've already expressed this to the mayor. The, the, current, the city cannot oversee all these projects. Mm-mm. Maybe some water and sewage projects, maybe a new roof on the convention center. Those are easier tasks. But the all the road projects, we need a separate project manager, and we need a start date and a finish date. I also would suggest a um, quarterly report to the council. Somebody stands in front of you and says, here's where we are on Hollywood. Here's where we are on MLK. Here's where we are on Linwood. And gives you all an update. That it might take 15 manager. minutes, yeah. but it's something that we need to know so we can say, hey, we hadn't even dug a ground of dirt on the Hollywood project or whatever. And yet these, all this money is set aside mm-hmm. for that project. And, and we've had people ask the, the 2011 bond issue for Knight Street, what happened to that money? It's still sitting there. Yep. It's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough to finish it anymore. But we weren't, did we, did, are we able to gain interest on it? Did we earn anything on that money? A I little would, bit, yeah. I would assume it's an interest-bearing account. I would have to look into that. But then you had to add another four and a half million to that three million to do the project. To bring it up to current cost. Right. Yes. And exactly. So that's my point. Our interest didn't get, we didn't gain four and a half million in interest on that no. money. No, we did not sat double there our for money. Three, no. 13 years. Gary and I, in our last minute or so here, a contractor told me a long time ago, said the problem with the city of Shreveport is that we try to do all these projects with local vendors, local contractors. And so we can't put them all out at once because those contractors can't handle it all at once that we ought to relook at it and we ought to say, let's bring in Dallas contractors. Let's bring in Little Rock, con- New Orleans contractors and let's get all the work moving. A, that'll be jobs for the people in the community. Now B, it's not going to be all local contractors making all the money. And there's a political hot potato with that. Um, is that something you're willing to look at? Let's move all these projects along as quick as we can. Absolutely. Yes. And you don't mind that some of the money might go to Dallas or wherever. I do not. Most of the labor will probably still be local. But the projects have to move forward or we're never going to pass another bond again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the problem. Are you optimistic $200 million will pass before the voters? It's actually 256 256 right. <laughs> I'm hopeful. Now, has it gotten your final? But who's counting? Is the council finally, have y'all... We have not voted not on it yet. yet. So no. y'all still got to do your little paring it down. Oh, goodness. Gary got a Brooks, lot ahead. Thank you for coming out. Thank you, guys. Hope you mm-hmm. have a great weekend. Shreveport City Council. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. fog is not moving it's just it's like we're in a bowl and it's just stuck on us sorry we, we were talking no we were talking earlier about uh the barksdale bubble mm-hmm. and uh it's so funny that uh, we got some messages on the shreveport security systems message board uh they use the bubble to place rainstorms where they want them Look up H-A-A-R-P. What? 
Another message says cloud seeding is absolutely happening. All the major military powers on Earth are trying to figure out how to influence the weather enough to weaponize it. To weaponize the weather? Weaponize it. Interesting. So if it's pouring down rain, you can't have attacks on somebody. Well, remember, you know, World War II. They delayed Normandy, yeah. They delayed Normandy? Mm -hmm. uh, the fighting at the Battle of the Bulge, it was, you know, two degrees. <sighs> Snow covered, you know. Interesting. I never Very even thought about that. That's crazy. Weaponizing the weather. Wow. Well, I just think the Barksdale bubble's turned off because it's been raining all week. Surely you would have turned on the Barksdale bubble for the ice storm last week. Right, right. It warmed us up a little bit. So I think they don't use it sometimes just to go, see, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd have used it then. <laughs> I just don't I know. I want to know where it is. Yeah. I know there are bunkers out there. Oh, I, grew, yeah. I grew up uh, in Bossier. So I had a lot of friends that were on base mm -hmm. when I was growing up. So I, I used to spend, because back in those days, you could just go on base. Right. You I'm can't going anymore. to go see so-and-so. Okay, you know. No, you and, can't anymore. Obviously not. Nope. So we knew those, those bunkers that had the fences and the razor wire. Mm -hmm. If you tried to climb that fence, there were no questions asked. Boom. You were, you were, you were shot off of the fence. You're gone. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> gone. Speaking of this weather, how long is this rain and fog going to last? Richard Llewellyn with the Weather Channel after the break. Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. And on the free Keel app, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. As we head into the weekend, meteorologist with the Weather Channel, Richard Lowelling, joining us. Richard, good morning. I got so excited yesterday. We actually had a blue sky and some sunshine for a brief bit. That's gone. Mm -hmm. More in more uh -huh. rain today and tonight. Looks like when 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 is this moving out? It looks like we're finally going to see an end to the rain come up tomorrow morning, and uh, we are going to start to try things out. We are going to watch a wave of low pressure develop down toward the Gulf Coast, especially uh, south and east of New Orleans. And that's going to move up into Alabama and Georgia, move on up into the Ohio Valley later in the weekend. And that's going to take the bulk of the rain with it. And we're going to start to see high pressure start to build in. So some drier times ahead coming as we move into the second half of the weekend and early next week and some beautiful weather coming up next week. In fact, a pretty quiet close to the month of January uh, with some milder temperatures on the forecast and abundant sunshine, especially for the first half of next week. Rainfall totals for this week. Have you gotten an updated, um, some numbers? Yeah, for the week, we've picked up 6.85 inches of rain here in Shreveport. And for the month of January, uh, we're at 9.79, which is 6.21 above the average for uh, the month of January. For the winter as a whole, we picked up over 11 inches of rain so far. That goes all the way back to December 1st because you basically base everything from the beginning of December through the end of February for meteorological uh, winter. So that's what we're basically basing that on right now. And that's about uh, two and a half, uh, closing in on three inches above average for the winter so far. Believe it or not, uh, Shreveport is 
at the top of the pact in regards to cities that have seen rain so far, you know, the last month or so. I was looking over the monthly totals, you know, with that 9.79 inches of rain. Uh, we're at the top of the list. Houston, Alexandria, Lafayette, Lake Charles, Texarkana, Tyler, all of those cities have lesser rains than what we have picked up here in Shreveport in just the last uh, uh, 26 days or so. So, you know, we are well on our way to above average rainfall for the month. But I think we're going to finally start to dry things out for a change as we close out the month and move into the first days of February next week. Richard, let me ask you this. A friend of mine got, uh, the, I've heard of two incidents. One's a friend of mine who's a tree tumped over, tumps a word, I'm sure, uh, tumped over and smashed her car. Another a tree tumped over and hit a house because the ground is so saturated. How long is it going to take before mm-hmm. that kind of dries out and we kind of avoid those uh, the tree tumping problems? You know, I think that may be something that we may have to deal with for a while. You know, we're going to look at dry weather pretty much most of next week. In fact, it's looking like uh, we have pushed out the rain from once we get past uh, tomorrow afternoon. It looks like we're going to go all the way through at least next Friday without seeing the mention of any rain in the forecast. But then we have another big event coming as we uh, move toward next weekend. It looks like a good chance of rain back in the forecast starting Friday night, flashing through Saturday and into Sunday next weekend. And we see another inch of rain coming with that next uh, system coming in. And it looks kind of wet beyond that, even out toward the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th as we're going to look at more rain in the forecast could add up to another couple of inches of rain. So, uh. you know, even though we're going to have a dry period coming up next week, there are already signs that we're seeing that we're more wet weathers on the way as we start to tap uh, southwesterly winds. And that's going to bring that Gulf moisture back to the north again and just start to, to push us right back into the rain shower activity again once we get out towards September 2nd and 3rd. Okay, Richard, I'm, I'm going way out into left field here. So, so bear with me, okay? We joke here about uh, a, a, a big device out at Barksdale Air Force Base that they can control and, and divert storms. We call it the Barksdale bubble. And if you look <laughs> at radar, sometimes during storms, uh, a, a huge storm will come from the southwest and then split around Shreveport <laughs> and then pull back together up north. But there is something called cloud seeding, isn't there? Yes. And, and, what? And so what is, people can, they can actually make it rain? Is this legitimate? There was some experiments that were done in the 1940s and 50s with cloud seeding that was done uh, by the U.S. Air Force. And they did, they seeded clouds to try to make rainfall occur. And uh, this was, there was a lot of experiments that happened with that. There were, it was a mixed result type deal in regards to cloud seeding. The thing that we're looking at, you know, when you look at radar and you're watching the radar and you see these storms come in and it looks like, oh, we're going to get rain here any minute. And then they just start to fall apart Mm -hmm. as they start to approach the urban heat island. And that's kind of Shreveport is kind of one of these areas, too. You know, we see that in a lot of major metro areas where we have, you know, builds up a buildup of concrete and steel and, you know, industrial type areas where storms will approach they'll start to fall apart as they start to feel some of the effects of the urban heat island effect. And that happens, you know, I mean, Shreveport's not alone with that. Atlanta has the same type of situation where you'll watch storms try to develop off to the west. They try to come in, they Mm -hmm. fall apart as they start to roll into the warm 
air because the air is just a little bit warmer than what it is out in the out in the country a little bit so you know we do see that in a lot of areas and you know where, where urban buildup is occurring we are seeing how man is basically kind of dictating what type of weather how much rain we get and it can either go in the opposite direction too because it can also produce even more precipitation depending on the exact type of event we're dealing with let's look at our two mardi gras big dates february 3rd it sounded like you were talking rain and February yeah. t- in February tenth, uh, is it going to be clearing up for that? Uh, February third looks like pretty pretty uh, good chance, huh? Pretty good chance of rain right now. It looks like uh, we're going to call for chance of showers. Rainfall amounts right now up about uh, three quarters of an inch of rain on February third. That's what uh, the uh, model is spitting out for us now. But of course, we got a week to kind of adjust that a little bit. So you know, we'll look at next week. We'll see how that goes. Beyond that, it looks like it's it's looking wet again as we move on out further out into the long range, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, both next couple of weekends, we're going to be looking at the risk of rain showers in the forecast. Richard, in the last uh, 30 seconds or so, we, we're still dealing with, even though the sun's come up, uh, uh, some pretty thick fog right now. When can uh, drivers expect that to burn away this morning? Well, that's another problem that we've been dealing with. The ground is so saturated, so that you know we're dealing with a lot of low-level moisture. Fog is going to definitely be a factor for at least another couple of hours. I think by noon today, most of all of the fog problems are going to be gone, uh, but there is going to be some lowered visibility, and that could persist on through the next couple of hours, uh, definitely causing some travel slowdowns out there. Richard Llewelling with the Weather Channel. Thank you for your time this morning. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Mm. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. You generally, when you leave here, I know you have, you know, things to do and you work from home a lot. Mm-hmm, tons. Um, but you take naps. Absolutely. You take naps every mm-hmm. day. You get a nap every day. Every day. At least one, two hours. Hey, here's why I, 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 I can't. First of all, I, you know, I leave here and then I go to, I, you know, I've said it, but go to my studio at mm-hmm. Channel 3. And, uh, and I work until 5 or later. Right. And uh, now I have rehearsal <laughs> for oh, goodness, yeah. Barefoot in the Park. Um, have you ever woken up from a nap? That was so deep that you don't even remember your name. Oh, yes, there's drool, I, drool on the pillow. Have, and I think it's the next day. I think it's time to go to work. I I I remember one time, and this has happened more than once I, at my daughter's house. One time, we went over, and I was helping her move, and she was already on like the third floor. And the apartment, and it was a multi-level apartment. She had Mm -hmm. upstairs, and the genius that designed this apartment complex put the washer and dryer up on the upper level. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And the stairway was no so And and I remember she had this like a this chaise type lounge, Mm -hmm. long. Oh yeah. In the in in her room. And I laid down on that. Aaron, I fell asleep and I was dreaming that I couldn't wake up. It was such a sleep and I was trying to wake up. 
And I remember kind of wake, I couldn't wake up. Oh. And I, you talk about feeling drugged. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It was so weird. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my. And that's when I do naps. If I do take a nap, and now I don't want to because if I take a nap, then I don't go to bed before 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And so I get we that. get up so early, I don't want to stay up late. So I just don't take a nap. I just go to bed, a lo- you know, hopefully earlier. If my nap goes too late, then I'm screwed because then I'm, I'll exactly. stay up till midnight. How do you not let it go to, you know, like a 15-minute power nap? Well, how do you do that? <laughs> because I don't go, okay, I'm falling asleep now. Right. And I set an alarm for 15 minutes from when? I can't, I can't say it's a 20-minute nap. I don't set an alarm to wake me up, but I always naturally wake up. What I've been doing lately, and this is so silly, on YouTube, there are sleep meditation videos that'll talk you down. <laughs> of course there they, are. They will do the... T- <laughs> and you can have a male voice, female. I mean, you can pick whatever kind of voice you want. And they do the talk. Now take deep breath. And they do the, they do all that. Oh, see, I can. And you uh, fall into such a deep sleep that wouldn't work. For Some me. days I even put on my eye black eye mask thingy. Okay, and I fall into a deep sleep. But those are the days when I sleep too late, and I wake up and it's like seven at night, and I'm like, oh no, I'm screwed. <laughs> exactly, because then I'm gonna be up be till me. midnight. Yeah, I can't take a twenty minute nap. My wife can do that. Oh, 20 I, minutes, I couldn't. I would be I, I mean, a nut. I, 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 if I fall asleep, dead gum, and I'm down, you know, I got to have hours, a one-hour minimum. I got to have one-hour minimum. Uh, three hours is primo nap. <laughs> primo nap. And for people who, who know me, they know that phone is, is silent, right, right. and it's don't sitting call. over there. I don't even look at it. I have it face down. And if you've called me and I'm napping, it's going to be a couple hours. Right. So, and, you know, folks who know, know that it... And during the mid-afternoon, McCarty's napping. And they know I'll get back when I wake up. Right. But if I text you back, like I texted Gary Brooks late at night, 10-something one night. I know. He said, my, he goes, you texted me at you know, 10.40. And that's because my nap went too long doing that up? day. My, <laughs> and I was up at 10-something at night. Right. And I thought, oh, exactly. let me text him back. I know he's up. So exactly. That, that happened that day. And every now and then it does. And I'm up at crazy weird hours. So. Anyway. Well, I'm, I'm a night person. By norm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a night person. Going back to high school, I mean, so this is the fact that, you know, I'm not even going to say that I've, yeah. you know, get <laughs> exactly. up because I don't want to jinx that. Right. Well, have a great weekend. Fog burning off around noon. Hopefully tomorrow we'll see some sunshine. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel.